You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. An Irish joke. Oh, to be sure, to be sure. Well, it might be a true story then. Paddy's at the pub. And he's, he's, he's had quite a few drinks. And the bartender says, Paddy, your wife called. It's time you go home. He says, oh, no, no. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. Give me one more point. He says, Paddy, you've had nine points already. <laughs> he says, I'm fine. Give me one more. I demand you give me one more point. He says, all right, Paddy, I'll give you one more point. But after that, you've got to go home. He says, all right. So he drinks the point. And then the bartender says, all right, Paddy, you've had your point. Time to go. Give me one more point. He says, Paddy, I'm not giving you one more point. He said, just give me one more point. He says, Paddy, you promised after the last one you'd, you'd drink it and go home. He said, just give me one more and I'll go home. It's not even midnight yet. I'm waiting for Sheila to be asleep. <laughs> and so the bartender says, all right, one more. So he gives her one more point. She, he throws it down. Anyway, he goes, give me one more. He says, Paddy, I'm not giving you any more points. There's... The pub's closing, no more points, you're out of here. So Paddy kind of tries to get up off the stool and just falls on the ground. And uh, they're like, Paddy, Paddy, you need a hand. He said, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And they try to help him up and he just brushes their hands away and he crawls on his hands and knees over the door, pulls himself up on the door. I'm fine, I'm fine, opens the door and falls on the ground. <laughs> crawls, out of the, crawls out of the pub, pulls himself up on the fence, says, I'm fine, I'm fine. Goes to walk, and he only lives a couple of doors down from, from the pub and poof, falls on the ground again. So he crawls all the way to his, his front gate. Thought, you know, better make a good appearance. So he pulls himself up on the front gate, opens the front gate, goes to step, poof, falls on the ground again. Crawls all the way to the front door, opens the front door, pulls himself up. Thought, you know, I better go up the stairs. So he gets on the first step, poof, poof, down the stairs. <laughs> anyway, finally crawls up, crawls into bed. The next morning... Paddy's wife, Sheila's there. She says, Paddy, you were drinking last night, weren't you? He says, oh, no, no. She says, don't you lie to me. You were drinking last night, weren't you? You were at the pub drinking. He says, no, I might, I might have had one or two. That's, that's all. Maybe one or two. She says, Paddy, don't you lie to me. You came home absolutely soused. He says, Sheila, you know. She says, Paddy, don't you lie. You came home absolutely toasted. She says, you know how I know. He says, no, how do you know? She says, the pub rang, you left your wheelchair there. <laughs> that may or may not be a true story, I don't know. Come on, hey, if you give more, the jokes get better. That's what I'm just trying to tell you. Just, you can't complain. <laughs> On that too. <laughs> Turn with me to the book of Proverbs. <laughs> it's a great segue from a joke into Proverbs 23, verse 7. Proverbs 23, verse 7. 23, verse 6 says, Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desi desire his delicacies. 20, 23, verse 7. Delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says, but his heart is not with you. Another translation, I think it's the NIV, says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is the man. As he thinks in his heart, so is the man. In just the, the few moments tonight, I want to 
I, I want to preach a message called Enforcers of the Cross. Enforcers of the Cross. The, the Bible teaches us that when Jesus hung on the cross, one of the last statements that he made on that cross was, It is finished. It is finished. 1 John 3 verse 8 says, For this reason, Jesus Christ was manifest. Jesus appeared on earth to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. I want you to know that Jesus didn't fail. And Jesus didn't just kind of, you know, 50% complete his assignment. Jesus didn't 75%, 85%, 92%. When Jesus said, it is finished, it was finished. When Jesus said, it is finished, it was finished. Because time is, was created by God, time has the, the stamp of God. It has the imprint of God on it. God is a trinity. The Bible introduces him as Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But in the book of Revelation, it says the one who was, who is, and the one who is to come. Time is a trinity because it, it, it lives in three dimensions simultaneously, past, present, and future. And so you, you were completely redeemed from your past. You were completely set free, cleansed of all sin, all unrighteousness when you received Christ, when you believed that he hung on the cross and took your sin upon himself, you are completely set free. But in the present, you and I are being set free. And in the future, the time will come where we'll be completely free. You, are, you were saved, you are being saved, and when Jesus splits the sky, you will be saved. You were delivered, you are being delivered, and you will be delivered. So, so what a lot of people don't understand is there's a lot of people that live with things that Jesus has already set you free from. I was praying for somebody recently, and they, they had a cancer diagnosis. And they said, listen, would you pray for my cancer? Would you pray for my cancer? And, and I, I've, I've done this enough where I used to pray for their cancer. I would pray for their cancer because I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's the C word. It's, it's a deadly. It kills people. And so I would, with all sincerity, pray. And if I was honest with you, maybe one out of ten would get healed. And I'm like, you know, going back to the scriptures, and one of the most dangerous things you can do is change your theology based on your experience. Come on, how many people know we don't change the Bible based on what we experience? So I'm like, what am I missing? What am I missing? Like, why, God, like your Bible says that you heal all our diseases. Why is it? And then I'm in Atlanta, and they bring a gentleman forward, and he's on a, on a, like a steel frame. And he's crying and he's saying, would you pray for my cancer? Would you pray for my cancer? And I'm like, here we are again. And so I want to pray for him. And as I put my hand on him, the Holy Spirit says, if you want to see him healed, don't pray for him. I'm like, oh, dear God. And I said, just give me a moment. I said, God, this is serious. It kills people. And so I went to pray for him again. The Holy Spirit said, you know, don't just stop. And he says, please, please pray for my cancer. And then the family around him, pray for my cancer, pray for my cancer. I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is really serious. And then I went to put my hand again, and I felt literally the anointing lift. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? And he said, I'm not a thief. I said, what, what do you mean you're not a thief? He says, I haven't given him cancer. I gave him healing. 
1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes we were healed. So I know that the doctors discovered, I know the doctors diagnosed, and I know that the doctors have said. But what we do is we're enforcers of the cross where we bring everything to the cross. See, I bring my sin to the cross and I'm cleansed. I, I bring my insecurities to the cross and I'm delivered. I bring my anxieties and my struggles to the cross. Moses said, as, uh, what Jesus said about Moses, he said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, John 3, 14, because we all know John 3, 16, for God so loved, but the context is John 3, 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so too will the Son of Man be lifted up. The serpent was lifted up in the wilderness when they were, when they were bit by, by um, fiery snakes. And they had the, the venom in their, their bodies killing them. And so they come cry out to Moses. So Moses is told by God to, to make a serpent out of bronze. Bronze is judgment. Every time you see bronze in the scripture, it's to do with judgment. And so they make a serpent out of bronze and they lift it and they put it on a pole. And it come to pass, anybody who gets bitten by the serpent that has the, the hematoxin in them, killing them, all they needed to do was turn and look at this bronze pole with the serpent on it and it would nullify the poison within. Now you may say, well, I'm a science person. I just got bit, so I'm going to tie a tourniquet. Wonderful, you'll die. But the people that looked, the people that looked... The people that looked at the serpent, supernaturally, it nullified the hematoxin and they lived. Jesus says, just like the, the serpent was lifted on a pole, so must the Son of Man be lifted up on the pole. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus took on our sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that on the cross, Jesus became sin. Jesus became sin. He became the sin. He became the serpent. He became judgment. He didn't just take on out. He became sin. And God's judgment was on Christ so that we could be set free. So the Bible says that Jesus gave his back to those who beat him because to redeem you, all he had to do was go to the cross. But Jesus also gave his body to, to be whipped. So Jesus on his back has the receipt of a transaction, of a price that he paid for you to be free. So now God says to me to tell this, this gentleman that, that God hasn't given you cancer. And if you own the cancer, God is not a thief to take it from you. you and I just said to him, and it, sound, it can sound so, oh my gosh, it, it's just vernacular. But it's really, really important. I had to say to him, listen, God has provided for you healing. Wow. Now you need to either come into alignment with the doctors have said. Now, what I tell people is the doctors have diagnosed me with, but what I have is healing. Right now, there may be, there may be pain in my body and there may be, but what God has, and as you begin to come into alignment with the word, you release that word. So I went down the line praying for people, and, and, but I left him with that saying, God has given you healing. God has, I said, don't say my cancer, say my healing. God has given me healings. Well, I come back and I, and I said, can I pray? And the Holy Spirit's like, and as soon as, I mean, the power of God hits him. He hits the deck. About two months later, I get an a, a, a email from the pastor of that church in Atlanta saying, I'm not sure if you remember, there was a gentleman that came forward on a, on a 
you know, steel frame and he was dying of cancer. The doctors had given him three months to live. You prayed for him that night. Well, just want you to know the reports have come. They've done extensive tests. They cannot find any cancer in his body. Now, here's the truth. Here's the truth. I used to think I was the vessel through it, but, but I began to read in the scriptures. Jesus didn't say, hey, you know, give it a shot. Have a go at healing. Sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it doesn't. He actually, it was a command. So I need to be obedient. Yeah, he says, preach the gospel. Heal the sick that are there. Cleanse the, rep, cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. So, so I began to realize, wow, if Jesus is commanding me to do something, why am I so stressed trying to... In 1960, in a place called Guam. Oh, we got some people from Guam. Come on, let's, let's, all the people from Guam, let's give them a shout. God bless you. You may already know this story. In 1960, American forces combined with some Japanese forces came in and a young man who was now 39 years of age uh, by the name of Ito Masashi, along with his friend Hironi Minikawa, had been hiding in Guam. They were uh, soldiers for the Japanese army in World War II. And even though everything was liberated there at the end of 1944 and the World War II was finished in 1945, they hid and believed that the war was still going. They would raid old bases for food and then hide. They even stopped speaking Japanese and developed a language with clicks and grunts. In the monsoon season, when it rained so heavy, they would eat frogs and berries and they subsisted. For 16 years, they ignored leaflet drops from both the Japanese, even from their family, believing it was a trick to get them to come out of hiding. For 16 years, they subsisted, living in caves, keeping one another. They didn't realize the war was over. The battle had already been won. But for 16 years, they had their guns. That They were ready. They were ready at any time. They, for 16 years, the battle was already won. The war was over. It was, but they, the Bible says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. I want you to know that Jesus won the war. Jesus defeated the devil. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. There's a lot of us that, that, that we're, we, we, we're not, not knowledgeable. We, 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 we don't know. We don't realize. We're ignorant of what Jesus did on the cross when he said, it is, it was finished. It was finished. I, I remember praying for one of, my, one of my children, and he was going through a very, very difficult time. And I'm laying on the bed, and I'm crying out to God, saying, God, please save. God, please save. God, please save. God, save. Deliver. Save. And God says, I have. I already have. And then I realize, oh, my gosh, I'm asking God to do something he's already done. And then God says, shift your prayer. And instead, rebuke the devil, who's a thief, 
who's trying to steal what I've already done. And so I began to shift everything, and I began to say, I declare my boy is saved. I began to declare my boy is saved. He is completely saved. He is healed. He is completely healed. He is delivered. He is completely delivered. He is set free. He is completely set free. I'm going to invite the band to come up because I want to pray for people tonight. I, you know, I've got no points. I promise you I've got no points. But the problem with the preacher is you've always got something to say. And so, so as the band comes up, let me, let me just tell you, how many people here have ever heard of the great escape artist Harry Houdini? Anybody? Harry Houdini? I mean, he could dislocate his, his, uh, both his shoulders to get out of straight jackets. And he would literally swallow hair, hairpins. And then kind of bring them up and then pull them out. And then he would pick locks and everything. They'd put him in like safes underwater in a straight jacket. And he would dislocate his shoulders, get out of the you know, bring, and pick the lock and get out. It was just amazing. But there was one time where, and his, his claim to fame was he could pick any lock, that there was no lock that he couldn't pick. And he studied all the locks and, you know, would go to all the locksmiths and he would practice sometimes for hours picking locks and there was no lock he couldn't click get it to pick. So this one day they put him in a cell and the sheriff closed the, and they put him in the, and for six hours, after getting out of the straitjacket, for six hours he was picking and picking and picking and picking and picking and he couldn't get that click, couldn't get that click, couldn't get that click. Finally exasperated, Harry Houdini, the great escape artist, says, you got me. You got me. I, I don't know what kind of lock this is. It looks like a common lock. He says, you got me. I, I, I couldn't pick it. And then the sheriff walked over and went, Eep. The reason he couldn't pick it was already unlocked. Do you know how many Christians live in a cell, live in a prison? Picking, 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 not realizing Jesus has already set you free. Jesus has already, Jesus has already busted the prison doors. Jesus has already broken the chains. He has already set you free. He has set you free. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.